Good afternoon, I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and no it doesn't. Let's hear that theme, baby. Give me some of that web action. See it, chump? Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. 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 Wow, right into it. I know, we had forgotten, and I promised the fans at the end of last step that we would definitely resurface the theme and it would make a comeback. I forgot how great it sounded. Well, you know, I was actually thinking about maybe doing a custom theme for this one. Oh, so. well, in that case... I, maybe we should react to I, how that, crazy wait, that let's, was. Let's, let's uh, do... I'll record several reactions to it. This uh-huh. is my second okay, yeah. one. Yeah. That was good. Uh-huh. And then the third one is, I didn't really care for that one. <laughs> you put in some effort, but it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be, could be better, could be worse. Um, all all right, right. So that covers and- all the bases. Um, we are Marvel Sucks versus No It Doesn't. Thank you for listening to another edition from Quarantine. We are all stranded in our homes, uh, as our listeners are, I'm sure. Um, but you know, want to know who doesn't take a vac- vacation during this quarantine, Jordan? Who's that? Marvel. Marvel is there all the time. Well, well but a little bit they did. They pushed back. <laughs> well, like, well I mean, let's, let's not talk about uh, the things that make me sad. Uh, so Marvel <laughs> is there for us 24-7. Um, we decided, uh, we were thinking like, you know, we're trying to, trying to do some apps. What haven't we tackled in the grand scheme of all things Marvel? And it hit me. We haven't touched the legendary Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. So we got three eps coming in hot with three special guests, starting with today with 2002's Spider-Man 1 and our very special friend of the pod, returning guest, Mr. Kyle Johnson. And the crowd goes wild. (laughs) And that is Mr. Hanky. Kyle is... Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Tally-ho! That's Kyle's patented catchphrase. There we go. He's in it. Uh, Kyle, thank you so much. It's also the first thing that Tobey Maguire says when he actually swings on his way. All right. Yeah. There's... So there... there, Keeping with the theme of the episode. (laughs) There is so much to talk about this movie. (laughs) I have a lot, and I do want to... I mean, uh, I, I do want to express my my youthful fondness for this movie, like it, unparalleled. And I think we should all talk about where we first were. Jordan, do you have any housekeeping issues? Do you want to dive right into this movie? Are you ready? I want to dive straight in. And actually, I want to share my opinion straight off the bat. Okay. Oh, that's fine. I, I think that's fair. I, okay. We don't have I to- loved it. I loved it 100% <laughs> all the way through. Are you insane? I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> Are you Wait, what what are, what were Jordan's opinions on the newer Spider-Man movies he, that were like, actually like part those. of the MCU? There yeah. there is favorite of the MCU. Oh, okay. Homecoming I think is his favorite Marvel movie if I'm not mistaken. But mm-hmm. where so where does this rank in those? Or do we want to wait to get to that? Uh it's very different to the modern MCU. And I yeah. think part of what I enjoyed so much about watching this is those differences cuz the the MCU has such a feel to it, and this did not share in that feel. It does not. In a way that was like a little campy and aged, 
but in a way that I super enjoyed on this viewing. <laughs> oh, like, uh, uh, I had a fair. blast. No, that's fair. No, that's good. This is going to be interesting because I had, like, again, the glow <laughs> from my childhood that this surrounded this movie was just so pristine. And I just, uh, this probably was my favorite movie when I was in fourth grade or whenever it came out. And I just. Of all time? At the time when it came out, yeah, it probably. Like, there was. I was not, but the most excited I can remember being as a child was seeing Spider-Man 2 in theaters and my dad wouldn't fucking take me. So I was like so (laughs) stoked to see Spider-Man 2 and the day it came out on DVD, I told my mom to take me to the store. I'm buying it. And then I probably watched Spider-Man 2 more times. I've watched, I've watched both of the first two so many times. I've watched the third one a bit. We're going to break each one of them down in specific detail. I'm so excited to see. And I have a I have a lot of hot takes on two because a lot of people still regard that as the best superhero movie of all time. I'm using air quotes, which I think is absolute heresy. <laughs> Considering we come from an age where they've never been better and they probably will continue to keep getting better. All right, I so mean, is wanna- it oh, is it just like is it just considered the best superhero movie of all time? Because like I mean, these movies did, especially the the Spider Man series pushed superhero movies into a new realm so is it just the best of all time because it's a milestone or is it actually better than like the mcu now i think a lot of people just there's a lot of nostalgia to it Kristen dunce also come out like jordan i think we're gonna switch roles for this review because i am like i got a lot of nitpicking (laughs) i was really watching it with jordan goggles and now i understand what you saw what problems you had with uh not the Incredible Hulk, because that one's great, but like Captain America, First Avenger, and like the shield is on the bottom shelf. Like I was definitely watching with those eyes. Huh. Um, so- yeah, no, I definitely was not this time. <laughs> this time I, I was just like, I don't know. I was just in the perfect mood for it or something, because I, I, I loved it cover to cover. I was like, this is the best. I'm having so much fun. That is insane to me. I don't. Oh, my God. All right. We should we should uh, dive in a little bit. Uh so yeah so we, i guess we're gonna do a little plot first just we should like i want to kind of go beat by beat because i took notes throughout the entire movie and the okay. notes definitely notes slowed down like toward yeah. the end like after i got a feel but i guess the first i was kind of just watching it the other thing is like my bar for superhero movies now is avengers endgame this was dog shit compared to avengers endgame like this was but nah. it's not part of the mcu that's, that's not really fair to like I, put it in the same realm i think it is and I, I'll say this: I think it was a little bit more comic booky than a lot of the MCU movies. Like it felt a little bit more like definitely less serious. Yeah, yeah, that's but, fair. But like, like I don't know, like the color, like it was very, I don't know, just bright and like a lot of the shots, I just felt like were like st- taken straight out of a, like a comic strip. Yeah, uh, it definitely got that vibe a little. It just, oh, I feel like all of these movies are just going to age terribly whereas and iron man to me still hasn't started aging i don't know if either of you have noticed iron man one like if it it all looks i don't know what it is about that movie but i still think it's like kind of well i think i think when you have uh like robotic stuff in cgi especially early cgi that covers up a lot of the flaws that you have like because this like when it switches to cgi spider-man yeah that is you're not like is that How'd they do that? Like, that's CGI. That looks like a video game character. <laughs> um, uh, Kyle, why don't we start with you since you're our guest of honor? What oh. What was your... Uh, why don't we, we do 
your fond your first memory of watching this movie for the first time and then kind of segue into how it holds up today in your eyes uh so i did see this movie in the theaters but i was when i come out 2002 i was 13 when it came out i mean that's an age so that was that was the age of like i feel like that was pretty target audience for this absolutely um so i remember seeing it in the theaters and i remember the thing i distinctly remember the most is i remember the scene where uh spider-man and green goblin fight in the building that's on fire that was terrifying (laughs) and i remember the very end when uh spider-man and green goblin are fighting and he like calls his little um jet thing and it and spider-man flips over it and like that was terrifying as well like i remember like being like super anxious and scared because like this flying thing with blades on the end of it was kind of like it was scary it was pretty intense for like a 13 year old kid seeing in the movie theater like i was you you you're a horror buff uh as we've mentioned before on the podcast and sam raimi has uh he's done some horror stuff before oh yeah evil dead man evil dead was the very first horror movie that i ever watched i watched that with uh our our good friend marshall Ah, um introduced me to the evil dead and i had never seen probably like any amount of blood in a movie at the point when we watched the evil dead together and it was like sickening and captivating and like (laughs) kind of started me post spider-man no this is way before spider-man and you were scared of the green goblin's glider yeah it was scary (laughs) (laughs) okay oh wow sam raimi did a good job he knows how to build uh intensity i I mean in that final fight as soon as spider-man gets thrown into that like decrepit destroyed building the music cuts like we don't have any more music which is like that's terrifying that's it's a subtle experience that you don't realize is like but you it suddenly grips you into everything that's happening the music isn't telling you how to feel and it's not telling you what's intense you have to come up with that yourself and it's scary that's valid the music in this too i was also i I was pretty impressed with Uh, oh yeah danny elfman danny elfman is oh i did not i I did not i I didn't know it was him until i saw his name come up in the intro credits and i was like uh that's very interesting and then throughout the rest of the movie i loved it (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, the music was very very good definitely a good score and I wouldn't have, like, if you told me after I saw The Evil Dead, like, oh, Sam Raimi is directing a new Spider-Man, I, I would have been like, what? Yeah. You know, especially because, like, Batman was the darkest superhero series that we had up until Spider-Man. That's like, it's probably still a little that's darker, like, maybe. But, but that's like 90s Batman where his, like, suit has nipples on it. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> that was also Danny Elfman, I guess, right? The the Tim Burton Batman Tim score? Tim Burton Batman well, he didn't do all. I assume four. it was Danny Elfman, right? Because he they work together all the time. Sam Raimi and Tim Burton. No, Tim Burton and Danny Elfman. Oh, Danny Elfman. So that's yes. probably where he got into doing superhero scores. That's, that's probably why he was brought into this. That's, that's mm. very possible. Um, I I can't say for certain. Um, yeah. But uh, Kyle, where does this hold up? Like, how frequently would you say you go back to watching this movie? 
I've seen it quite a few times, but we also, um, Kelsey and I have a podcast called Film Strippers, and we did a season that was Marvel before the MCU, mm -hmm. and this was one of the movies that we did um, on an episode. So uh, I watched it for that, and I'd probably watched it a couple of times. I've watched it a good amount of times, and it does like hold up. I mean, like Jordan was saying with the CGI, like when we have that overhead view of Spider-Man jumping between the buildings, like it, yeah. it's not like whoa, that looks so good. I mean, for the time yes it pushed boundaries the cgi was very impressive for the yeah. time that's why it had so what was the budget like 11 million or something like that it, oh, sure. uh, or 100 million uh, not it was a, more not than 100 it, it i was, think it was 100 i think it I think, went i think it went up from 70 to 100 with the cgi boundaries one thing pushed. that i thought the limits to the cgi though allowed it to do though was some more practical stuff like, like their suits are real suits. Yeah, that, like yeah. They're clearly actors wearing them, and you can see what's his name's face behind the Green Goblin mask. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but also, like the balcony scene where it's breaking is like that's yeah. a thing they built. Yeah, and like they're shooting her on it. Whereas now she would be on like a rig, and it would be green all around her, and they just added all that in post. And I think there is <laughs> mm -hmm. something kind of uh, charmingly old about this movie. Like I found a lot of the stuff like. That's probably like a good the, phrase the for age, it. The age about yeah. it, it has some like older Hollywood kind of moments to it that, that uh, like, uh, this is skipping way ahead, but that graveyard scene where they're talking, like uh, at the, the very cemetery end. Cemetery at the end? Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. At the very end where uh, MJ is talking to Peter. It reminded me of like Casablanca, where he's about to get on the plane, just like like the like <laughs> that, I, I can't I can't. That be might be one. you might like, be romanticizing Spider Man no, a little bit too much. No, no, just like the way it's done. I'm not saying it's. it's you just I, compared Spider Man <laughs> with the Casablanca. way it's shot, like the did way we, they're framed and stuff. Did it's we like Freaky spot on. Friday? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't push it that far, but I I do agree that it does have a bit of charm and it has a lot of nostalgia for me anyway um, and especially there, around that sure. time because like again i was 13 when i saw this movie so like hormones are starting to get to you as a 13 year old boy and so mary jane Kirsten is like is she is it. quintessential like 2000s fox yeah. you know you're like oh my god yes. and especially like the kiss and the rain scene like as a 13 year old boy that that will get you going <laughs> so uh yeah i think um I don't know. I think it holds up in a lot of different ways and in the ways that it doesn't hold up, like Jordan's saying, it's very uh, sort of nostalgic and, and this film has a staple in uh, romanticism in a way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whereas if I watch it now, I'd be like, oh, this is a garbage superhero movie, yeah. I think. But <laughs> like it, it for, for the time being and when it came out, I think it's a pretty good staple in superhero franchise. I definitely I, agree with that. Okay. My, my biggest like i mean nostalgia no question like i will 110 percent associate this movie with my youth this whole trilogy like i have some fun stories for the entire trilogy but this one specifically like this was christmas the year it came out on dvd my dad bought the family our very first dvd player and this was the dvd that came with it Whoa. and i watched it christmas morning i was so thrilled because i had heard like <laughs> good things and my dad who does not like these kind of movies we were right on the cusp though where we were starting to be able to he was letting us watch like pg-13 movies so i think he was just so happy that he didn't have to watch like cartoons with us anymore yeah, so he like yeah. 
I remember re-watching this movie, I remember all of the parts that my father laughed. I'm like, if this was in a superhero movie today, he would hate that. But like he, we all had, like it was a wonderful family experience. But looking back on it, because I'm a big X-Men fan, and that movie, X-Men 1, had already come out. And I think that holds up significantly more than Spider-Man 1. I think the scene- For me, Spider-Man holds up more, personally. When's the last time you watched X-Men 1? It's been a long time. That's what I thought. Rewatch hey, X-Men 1. So that might be a thing, though. Like, you were an X-Men fanboy. I was way more into Spider-Man and Batman I than wasn't X-Men. an X-Men fanboy until after all of the Spider-Man movies had come out. Actually, right, maybe probably right around the time 3 came out. I was hmm. I was on board, fully on board with the X-Men. But I remember watching <laughs> X-Men 1 for the first time, and I was like, this is my shit. But that was well, probably 2006, I think, was my first time. Watching uh, this movie made me realize I am a Spider-Man fanboy, and like that I have been since these may, were coming you out. Might, you might, because like I do the, really like Spider-Man, and then modern MCU too. Yeah, no, um, he's your favorite. You might, and I think Tobey Maguire is a better Peter Parker. I don't know if he's a better mm. Spider-Man, but he's a better dork. Like I just don't. Tom Holland is too. He is hot. a better dork. Yeah, like he, Tobey Maguire, I can believe is like kind of a dweeb. Tom Holland is just more of like a. I mean, if he's, you're going to say more charming. A, that's less sh- Peter Parker because he's he's he should be charming, but he should also be a dork. I, he's like a shy. No child. way. Tom I don't know. I think it kind of depends on the comics you read, too, because Peter Parker can definitely kind of just be like, this is the dorkiest. This movie, <laughs> the beginning of this movie is the dorkiest I've ever seen any imitation of Peter Parker ever. It is redi- <laughs> like and I guess is, this is probably a good place to start talking about the movie the intro yeah, let's say yeah uh, the bus sequence where he's like boy stop I, the bus yeah i love mary jane watson heck i'd even settle for that nerd in front of the, <laughs> eating the donut and i was and as, as a kid i was like oh i get that i feel that like yeah that's yeah. that's so great and then uh looking back on it now i'm like that's so dumb and then he gets on the bus and he's like, no one wants to sit next to him. And like the donut guy is like more glamorized than this Peter, like he, totally fine looking. Like what's, nobody <laughs> wants to sit next to him. He's this got like, glasses. <laughs> this is like some Forrest Gump level shit. Like they are intentionally, like this scene, you think the end was stolen from Casablanca? This scene was stealing from Forrest, stolen well, that's from why Forrest, Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah, absolutely. it feels very movie-y. I, I think that's part of the reason I like this movie. Is it no part, it's not, it's it makes no plays at reality. It is a movie that feels like a movie the whole time you're watching it. And I like that about it. What? So you're all like, the they, like it's very, it's very like tropey kind of like it's pulling from a bunch of things. And it's like, here's like, like a generic kind of nerd sequence, like which, which this is. So Thor Ragnarok was like grounded in reality to you. Is that what you're saying? No, but that was also one of the ones I enjoyed more. Like, like, I just like, uh, I don't know. It's almost like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another movie that does this where you're just like, I mean, obviously what, what was that? The comedy that we watched. Oh it's yeah. Completely devoid. Unconnected. They, from they reality. came together. Yeah. See that like, that's doing a similar thing for like comedy reasons. Yes. But this is just kind of like that heightened, like, like it's just, you could so easy to suspend your disbelief while watching this movie. Cause it's just like, <laughs> Uh, it's so heightened everything about it it yeah it's definitely heightened but do you think but that's, see, like like is that intentional uh yeah i you, think so you think sam raimi knows what that that scene is ridiculous 
But also, it doesn't matter if he knows it or not, because I can enjoy it like that. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't matter if the Beatles know that they've done a like a Lydian minor key change thing, if they do it and it sounds good. So whether or not it's his intention, it's it's fine. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't. Also, a fun fact that while I was combing through this movie and doing a little research, David Fincher was originally supposed to direct this trilogy. He and your boy M. Night Shyamalan oh, also no was possible. Yeah, yeah, he's on the list. He was on. Actually, there's like five or six directors on the list, and M. Night Shyamalan was one, and David Fincher was another. M. Night, but probably this wouldn't have fit his style. Plus, we wouldn't have gotten signs. So this is this is a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really fit Sam Raimi's style at the time either. But now we're gonna get uh, a new Doctor Strange movie yes. directed by Sam Raimi, With which Sam- is gonna be sweet. And the rumor has it. They are bringing back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to do a Spider-Verse MCU movie. And now all... What? Yes. This is down the line. This is future plans. Whoa. But they're going to pitch the idea in Doctor Strange that there are multiple realities. And then that's how they're going to let Tom Holland stay in our MCU. And then he won't be ruined by all the Venom-verse dumb bullshit movies. Like, they get one of the other Spider-Mans and we keep Tom Holland. And then all right. Tom Holland's name is not disgraced. So, if that's the case, I'm excited to see. Because, again, like, if Tobey Maguire comes back in these movies, I wouldn't be upset. Like, I'd still, like, the nostalgia factor for all three of these movies is through the roof. They're probably my favorite, like, elementary school, middle school movie experiences, if I'm thinking about it. Um, uh, So, they go into uh, the museum. This was also another... This was probably a big thing in the 90s, but this movie, I don't know. I was just really viewing it with uh, endgame eyes, if you if you will. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> I did. All of these high schoolers look like they're 30. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and that was that was how you looked at other kids at your school. No, though. no, no. Like, this goes no, this goes back to what Jordan was saying, <laughs> where like it's okay because it gave you the feeling as a kid, like and I got picked on a lot in school. And so all of the older kids that picked on me were like Every kid looked like he could play football, but was way too cool to play football and drove a fancy, expensive car and like could beat you up in a second because he looks like he's 30 years old. But Tom Holland looks like a high schooler and he is in high school. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's much better. All right. So, OK, but why is it better? I mean, Toby, it's not breaking my maybe it's also the, the divide, Jordan, that I watch these movies as if they could one day be a reality where I become this, a Spider-Man. See, yeah. And I'm not saying that the MCU movies are more realistic, but they do have like in terms of what happens in them. But the character reactions are a bit more grounded like this. I don't know. Like there's like when you're watching like something like on stage or something like theater, a lot of it feels like you're, you're confronted with how artificial the people that you're watching are behaving. Yes. Like, uh, and this is also like, I don't know. It's just the characters reactions have nothing to do with how people would react in this situation. It's like playing with action figures. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, I looked up the ages of everyone in that scene and I have them written down. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. The teacher, uh, Shan Omar Huey, who he's allowed to be old. He's not. I hope he's 16. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably younger than some of the students, honestly. No, he is at, he, he was born in 1973. So he yeah. was 27, 27 or 20, 29. He's filmed in 2001. I thought it was 2002. 
I think it is. They came out in 2002. It was filmed in 2001, oh, okay. which is okay. also something I want to talk about because the filming of this and the release of this straddles 9-11. 9/11. Yes, it yeah. does. They, they actually, I remember seeing a trailer in the, in the movie theater for this movie. And there was a scene where a helicopter got webbed up between the two towers. And then I watched it yeah. as a kid and I'm like, why wasn't that scene in the movie? Not realizing like that's in poor taste. Yeah. Well, um, that, that, and another thing that, and, that I think was added in post was the scene where the people are throwing stuff off the bridge. Mm-hmm. That must have been after, like, yeah, and added yeah. in. Yeah, they said they they put that scene in after 9-11 happened to show, like, the unity of New York and, and all that right. stuff. That's smart. Yeah, I, I figured that had to be the case while I was watching it. Yeah. Just because... It, it, like, it was very, like, New York fuck yeah, which, you know, good for them. Yeah, and they do that again in the second movie. With the subway, yeah, kind they of. do, they do, and and then you like visit New York, and you have this glamorized version of it, and like everyone just is <laughs> dog shit to you. Yeah, everyone just <laughs> everyone hates just you like automatically. Like, don't fucking look at me. I'm in New York. <laughs> so the ages of these people: Shan Omar Huey is the teacher. He was born in 1973. He is the oldest by two years, followed by Toby Maguire, that who is sometimes. his student. He is his student, uh-huh. and Toby Maguire is 20. Six upon filming, I guess. But he does look like a high schooler. They just give him glasses. Because in the next movie that happens two years later, he is like, he doesn't go to college, but he's like a full functioning adult, right? He does graduate, though, in this movie. Most of this movie takes place after he's graduated. I Probably about half, which is, yeah. which was kind of weird. Anyway, all of these people. <laughs> so uh, the teacher was born in 73. Tobey Maguire, 75. Flash Gordon was born in 76. James Franco, the youngest in the scene, was born in 78. And then MJ, the youngest in the movie, uh, was born in 81, I believe. Franco looks so young here. I'm surprised he was. He I guess is. he would have been 21, 22. Yeah. And also another uh, uh, bit I have about this movie. I don't really like Tobey Maguire just as like an actor. Like. To me, sure, you get Spider-Man, and that was my childhood, and I can't look at you any other way, but I don't really like his... His crying face is a little bit... Oh, he's a terrible crier. Yeah. Terrible. That's another one of my notes. Like, he's just sitting after Uncle Ben dies, which they bring up a lot in this movie, so when they made Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man and they redid the scene all over again, I was just like, why are they doing this? Like, (laughs) they were shoving it down your throat that Uncle Ben died. But the scene where he's sitting on his bed with his door open, and he's just like... (laughs) lone tear like rolling down his face and it's just like that's how you cry it you leave your door wide open like for your aunt to come in and you sit on your bed and just stare into space and cry has mm-hmm. anyone el- ever cried like that every time i cry that's how you cry uh-huh. <laughs> you sit on your bed looking the other way from the door and you oh, keep the door tear. open just in case someone wants to walk in sure <laughs> how else are people gonna know you're sad <laughs> yeah Again, oh. these are staged tears. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, so, all of these people are ridiculous ages. Um, Tobey Maguire, uh, has everyone seen Molly's Game? The, uh, yeah. The, what's, who's, who's wrote that? What's his name? Aaron Sorkin. Um, yeah. She, appara- oh, I didn't know he wrote that. Apparently, um, uh, Player X is rumored to be Tobey Maguire. So he's really good at poker? No, the asshole in that movie who like oh. beats up. I, I, I don't Molly. remember that movie that well. That wasn't that great of a movie. <laughs> I'm just I enjoyed to, it in theaters. But yeah. It was great. It was great in theaters. Uh, yeah, he was also in uh, the... I, uh, him and Leonardo DiCaprio used to have a squad. 
uh, like yes. they would hang out in Hollywood. <laughs> we did. We have talked about uh, everyone should Google the Pussy Patrol. <laughs> is that what it is? I, I was thinking it's either that or the Pussy Posse. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is the Pussy Posse. It was two yeah. Ps. Uh, we yeah. we talked about it a lot in college, and I do remember one of our bits coming back from it is a funny from just the concept dorm was uh, you kept adding peas, and you're like, what if they were called the passe pussy posse? And then you just <laughs> kept adding. There were about seven adjectives attached. Yeah, to this well, thing. and then I think that became the pissy passe pussy posse, <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, it escalated from there. That was I do remember <laughs> that now that we're talking about it. I think Toby Maguire is a little bit of a diva in real life. Also, I didn't know about this. Him and Franco during filming of this movie had a, a spat going on and they did not get along a spat they had to it was so dumb <laughs> according and this is imdb trivia so take it with a grain of salt but sure during one of the scenes uh Franco comments on like Tobey Maguire's appearance. Like, I don't remember which one it was. He says something like you have weird ears or something like that. Something so Ooh, dumb. that'll get me. Spat. Yeah. And Tobey yeah. Maguire like refused to talk to him on set <laughs> during the filming of this movie other than like on, you know, during a scene. I mean, honestly, if I were an actor in that position where you're kind of at arms with your best friend or previous best friend or whatever you want to call it like that kind of probably worked in his advantage as far as just being an actor goes, you know? Well, they don't, they're not angry at each other until the third movie. No, but it's no. awkward. Yeah. Well, them. Like they're MJ. not like angry at each oh, other, MJ. but like, you I know, you're talking yeah. about like the rivalry where they fight each other in the third film. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like, you know, Mr. Steal your girl, which uh, by the way, Cade, you and I have had this discussion before. Like, where does the whole, you know, this Peter has had a crush on MJ since the sixth grade. Yeah. And then he never makes a move or any of that stuff. And then uh, Osborne swings in and yeah. starts dating her. Where What's what's the bro code on that? I, I think that's shitty. Just personally, I think that... <sighs> I mean, especially like James Franco. Well, he's not James Franco in the movie, obviously. He's Harry Osborne's son, <laughs> uh, or Harry Osborne. Um, but he's just like, like he's got money. Like he can, he can pull tail if he wants. Like he has <laughs> options. Which MJ is the tail to pull, though. Like, you know, she's dating the popular guys in school with the money and the big cars. Like, everyone likes MJ. She's the popular girl. Uh, well, it also. I like, think I Harry should have gone after Aunt May. Ooh, yeah. Once Uncle Ben was out of the way, it's yeah. like, hey, she needs someone to take care of. That also and it's me, Harry Osborne. <laughs> that would have made for a hell of a sequel. <laughs> and it's just mostly like James Franco, like just being like his ridiculous self from all the Seth Rogen movies. Yeah, and he'll well, like and stumble out of the bedroom. He's like in a towel. He's like, oh, sorry, I was putting all my electrolytes in your aunt. Well, I think so he's, I think he's trying to be a father. That, like this is the hottest Aunt May, right? No, no, no. Uh, I, I can agree on that. I wrote a note. This is this Aunt May is worse than Marissa Tomei. Also, the second Aunt May in the Andrew Garfields was also not that attractive, I believe. So this one is remember. the hottest, though. No, god damn it. Yeah. For sure. uh, my right, my for chance sure. settled. My, also, well, I'm also confused about like two out of three. This movie. <laughs> This movie did not do a great job of like conveying because in the comics, they are like very close friends for a long time. But I always from a childhood standpoint, I was like, oh, they like met on the field trip or on the way to the field trip or like a month before the field trip. And they just started becoming friends. 
yeah like yeah that's what it feels it feels like they've never talked before even yeah. though they're neighbors exactly yeah. well no not mj i'm talking about harry oh harry yeah well all oh, that is another note like them being right next door to each other and yes that rapport yeah, where yeah. they like can't <laughs> talk and his her bedroom is across from his bedroom for like his entire childhood <laughs> i don't know i think they could have been better friends like younger and then once they got to high school and they were in different oh, social circles yeah. and now it's awkward that's that's but true. like they didn't they didn't like they they made a very good point to spell out every little other thing they were like hey uncle ben he's an electrician check it out he can put in a light bulb and peter parker you know like he's a nerd check all this stuff out like they they threw everything in your face so to to then like have to assume that like they might have had a friendship when they were younger but like you know like i just say i think the film just didn't have enough time to put in that far of a backstory. But I also think it doesn't do as good of a job at, like Cade was saying, showing Harry and Peter's friendship and how close they were. And then that would have helped amplify the whole bro code. And then um, Harry's dad, uh, you know, is supposed to be a sort of pseudo father to Peter. But in this one, they're just like, oh yeah, well, Peter and Harry are friends. So like Harry's dad came by for things thanksgiving and that's pretty cool but like you don't feel like he's a father figure at all for peter i i did not feel that and just yeah so again with the the bro code discussion like i in this movie it didn't bother me as much because i was like oh he like neither of them really are that close of friends like they would rather have mj than each other like if it came yeah yeah so that's kind of where i stood with that uh if they were closer friends like they were in the comics i think it'd be a little more fucked up but uh yeah i in this current standing um and then he does date mj which they just have like the most uh, like flash and mj seem to have like a much more like intimate loving high school flair relationship like MJ and uh, Harry didn't seem like intimate at all ever. No, and that's what that's weird too because we didn't see like why MJ wanted to date Harry. Yeah, like, it seems like it, she it's was just against like, it the whole time. Yeah, and, and even and when she's, she's dating, like, him, she's talking about Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, and she like doesn't want to kiss him, and it's like for no good reason. Like Harry's trying to be a good dude. He's just like you know, kind of not. Yeah. Uh, but he's trying. It's not like he's like being a dick. Like he cares about her. He's not like putting money in front of her. Like you know, and he, the whole scene where she's like, "Thanks for standing up for me." Like he did stand up for her. Yeah. You know, yeah. in the hallway, like he did. Like his dad was being dick and he was like hey come on i care about that girl like he did try to stand up for her and then she like jumped down his throat about it and like i don't know man it was the whole relationship dynamic between everybody in this film just didn't really hit but the action did the action felt great but the whole relationship thing i yeah it, it definitely feels weird i don't disagree with it but i'm also like what do you do to fix that like do you have a scene of them at dinner or you something make spider-man homecoming honestly like the best like relationship between uh peter and harry and that whole build-up i think is in the spider-man video game (laughs) well you have a lot more time i mean there's a lot more time to like build something like that in a video game but like you know harry isn't even in the game really and like they still build the relationship better and uh so i don't know i i think they if they didn't center the film as much on 
Peter and MJ's relationship, you know, and maybe spent more time building up Peter's relationship between Harry and his dad like that. I, I feel like there's just too many players in it and it. I don't know. They could have they could have done a lot more with that relationship by saying less and and doing more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they do kind of tell you stuff in terms of their relationships, especially early on. And they just take it for granted that the audience will just buy into the relationships as they've been set up, which is kind of, you know, a cardinal storytelling sin of yeah. <laughs> like well, you should be showing, not telling. And they're definitely just like, yeah, we're, it's we're also long-time like friends. in 2000, everything in the media was like, life is about finding your girlfriend and having a yeah. family and having kids. And nowadays it's not, but like, you know, so maybe looking back on films like that now, it's like, well, who really cares? Like, do you really care about this girl? Like who cares? But back then it's like, Oh my God, there's a hot redhead that lives right across the street from me. And she's got big nipples and I love it. <laughs> you know, like that, that was what mattered the most at that time. And so it makes sense for a kid watching that movie movie to be like oh fuck everything that happens as long as i get mj then it's all good you know if that's your mind frame then it's gonna make sense but if it's it's not it's very tropey and like archetypical like the hero is on a quest to get the girl yeah and save the town and and i think over the entire trilogy like the the relationship that except for the third but we will get to that but uh <laughs> the relationship between like peter and mj is just like so the center of pretty much all of these movies even though like he is like becoming spider-man that seems like a pretty big deal but overall yeah it seems like a way better story than being in love with a girl yeah but but at the end of the movie she's like i don't care about spider-man i just care about you which you know i kind of liked like i i like their relationship in this movie and this trilogy except the third one we'll talk about it uh i did really like yeah i liked the way that the whole relationship thing panned out in the end i thought that was really good really the last like and i'm skipping ahead because i do have a lot of stuff i still want to (laughs) know but uh like the last 20 or 30 minutes of this movie i guess it's right around the time like he's saving the boat or saving the the you know Mm -hmm. thing from falling on the boat um and then the fight with the final showdown with the green goblin is spectacular uh, and then the cemetery scene is great. Really, like the last twenty or twenty-five minutes of this movie, I enjoyed thoroughly, no questions, and yeah. it was very. It's funny to hear you though pick out on pacing, early pacing, because Marvel does this all the time. No, they where they're don't. just like, yeah, no, they do. They're like, <laughs> we got to dump a bunch of exposition here at the beginning. And I, there's so many times I've even been sitting in a theater, even on these later movies that I've enjoyed, where I've just been like, oh man, this is rough. This beginning, like there's Captain, so much. The stuff first Captain America is a bit rough as far as pacing goes for sure i yeah. love all of it wait but i i guess kyle's seems to have a bit more problem with the exposition i'm actually not fi- i'm not are you saying like because i don't care really about like uh uncle ben like them forcing all that stuff down my throat and like just the him becoming spider-man like that i'm okay with what i don't like is actors who are 30 playing high schoolers see that's that's less of a problem for me than than the rest of it honestly well it's like you know back in ancient greece or whatever where they had like men playing the women and that does you know it doesn't matter you're suspending your disbelief it doesn't matter who's doing what i guess i didn't even think about it when i was watching you didn't think about it didn't cross my mind notice it 
Mm-mm. Yeah. Didn't cross my mind. Um, Cause that was, that was like when you're a kid in high school, like that's what feel like everyone feels older than you and bigger than you. And you feel when you're the nerdy, smaller kid, you feel like the nerdy, smaller kid. You feel that, like you're five years younger than everybody so else. Like, is that just because like, I'm watching it as an adult? Like if I watched homecoming at the same age I was when I watched this movie, would I think like all those people are super old? I feel like no, no, because home, yeah, they just are, and or they made them look younger. You know, homecoming it definitely feels uh, more like that, like everyone's on the same playing field. But Peter Parker doesn't feel as nerdy in homecoming yeah. or as much of a loser like even though he's meant to be you know um it, it, this one relatable. feels like he feels more pathetic this, in this than, than anything like, he's like a sad worm in this movie. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah whereas yeah. tom holland i guess and i don't know if it's just culturally culturally like the shift this still feels like a 70s kind of greaser it feels like greece i feel like i'm in the high school that greece <laughs> took place in which is probably why jordan enjoys it so much but like maybe greece is great there was a cultural <laughs> shift where uh like it was more cool to be the nerd or more socially acceptable for uh tom holland and uh his boy ned to build yeah. legos like it, yeah. as, cool. as like a real nerd though that was frustrating <laughs> <laughs> yes, i remember being I irritated by like uh, like it's cool to be a nerd now. It's like, it wasn't cool when you were making fun of me. About being a nerd. No, I got like punched for wearing tight pants and being in chess club, you know, like that was like, and nowadays he'd be like, Oh dude, you're smart. That's cool. And I wasn't even smart. I just liked playing games and shit and didn't care what pants that I wore. And I got yeah. beat up for it. <laughs> that was another ridiculous scene at the graduation when he's taking a photo with the chess club. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, yep. First of all, say chess. Yeah, all of those people look ridiculous. I really, honestly, I would, de- I would love a side plot that focuses just him playing with the chess club. But it, it wasn't even the chess club. He was winning the science award, <laughs> and then he had everyone say, "Say chess." So that was the chess science. club. I don't think so. I think it was, was like the, the nominees for the science the award. Club. It might have been. And then he did win the science award. Yeah, so that's what Norman uh, talks about. Uh, Okay, so this has plagued me since I was a child. I really hope one of you has the answer to this, because I've never understood this this phrase, but I remember it so vividly every time I watch I'm, this I'm movie. excited for it. Uh, when Uncle Ben, when he's like, stay and paint the house, and he's like, I'll be back after the field trip, uh, and then I'll help you paint the house. And he says, don't start without me. And Uncle Ben, Uncle ben says, don't start up with me. What does that mean? Like, you've, never, you've never gotten that phrase? Like, don't I've start never, up with um, me? That's just, like... That's the adult, like, don't, don't start, like, nor, Uncle Ben says it playingly, like, he's kind of joking, you know, don't start without me, don't start up with me. I think it, don't start up with me is like, don't give me lip, don't talk back, you okay. know, like, normally it's said in a very serious way, but Uncle Ben is saying it in an endearing, like, hey, I am your authority figure, but like, you know, it's cool. That's such a weird response to, it is. don't it is a little start weird. without me. I think yeah, they he tried said, he to be said, like... I can be clever and write this in in the script, and it wasn't very clever. Well, and that's it just why didn't I remember out. it because it it comes off the tongue so flawlessly, and I've just like I re- retain it. I'm just like, what does he mean by that for twenty some years? I think what he should have said is like, "Don't start without me," and then he he should say, "Don't let a robber go past you <laughs> down an elevator and then run out and shoot me." <laughs> Uncle Ben's fatal mistake. Yeah, um, also, that would have been perfect. Fun fact: uh, when Tobey Maguire uh, in the cafeteria when uh, MJ slips, also ridiculous comic. Like, yeah, yeah sure, that's some very David Wayne stuff. 
Uh, <laughs> when he catches all the food on the tray, it is not CGI. They yeah. use this adhesive on his hand, and it took him 156 takes to catch Amazing. all of the food. See, at what point, as a director, would you just be like, all right, this isn't working. Like, we need to do something else. He really, yeah. really wanted that. It seems like you could also just put everything on there and then have him throw it off. <laughs> yeah. And then, just and then speed the ramp. Yeah, reverse. Yeah. No, no, in the reverse, reverse shot. Throw the, throw the shot in reverse. Like, he starts oh. here, throws the, the tray up, everything flies up in the air, and then you just reverse the shot. Do you think that yeah. technology existed? You, could even, you can even yeah. mask have another shot of it all glued together and him just catching it and you could like mask those two shots together. There are together. many ways you could have cheated <laughs> yeah. that to make it work and after you do it like 20 times you'd be like alright let's do it a cheating way like let's figure that out. 56 times. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it's completely ridiculous. I wonder how how many like is that a whole day of filming? How many takes? Kyle you're our, our resident film Most Well most of a day of filming is set up so like that's what you know you're setting up and then you're and the, once you're set up and you're shooting you can take a lot of different takes at once especially if it's something you know fast like that. So I think most of the issue there would have been um, Tobey Maguire's stamina of like alright I need to take a break for a Not while. Not only that but think about MJ has to be in his arm for the entire 156 <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's true. That seems, and then react to it surprisingly every time. Well, and they have to pick up all the crap again and take it above <laughs> yeah, and drop it yeah. all down. I would assume they have people drop, to do that. Well, like, I know. I'm just saying that someone has oh, to reset that's, that. That's still crew. time yeah, yeah. and effort, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah, it's ridiculous. It almost seems like one of those things where they did it a couple times and then they were like, all right, we have to do this. We I have wonder, to get this we, shot the way it is. That's the point and of no return. Yeah, well, it's the like one longer of those it takes, the better of a story this is going to be. So just keep doing it and we'll keep track of how many takes you do. Well, it's like one of those things where you almost get it like the third time and then you're like, oh, this isn't going to be that. I can do this. And then, and then <laughs> right. you get to like the 15th and you're like okay this is starting to be hard it's like but i almost got it the third try i, I yeah. totally can do this yeah yeah i am really curious like do you, so you think it was like exclusively the director like pushing to make this happen or do you think like toby mcguire was like this well at, at one point like sam raimi isn't like a kubrick style director so he's not gonna like force his actors to be uncomfortable and continue to try to do this thing i think at, at some point you have to analyze like what's going on how tired are your actors getting? Is it worth it to continue this way or should we figure something else out? Like it, it's all up to Sam Raimi, whether he wants to keep going or not. But like at some point, if Toby Maguire was like not on board with it or was pissed off or upset, like at some point as a director, you make that call. And so he could have kept, kept forcing him to do it. But I don't, I don't think, I think it was probably a team effort where everyone wanted to get the shot. Yeah. Yeah. That would I, be- it's definitely like, it's one of those things too. It's like it's a cool shot in the movie, um, but I don't know if it's 150 takes cool. I don't know. I enjoy it. Whatever. I'm glad they it, did it. Not my time. Yeah. Well, it's also like you know you could have CGI'd it and we wouldn't have cared that much. Yeah. Know, it's not like one of those things that just looks awesome as a practical effect. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um. So one of my biggest gripes with the entire film, if it might be the biggest aside from the age thing, uh. The age is your biggest gripe. Second biggest. Then this movie is pretty good. If that's the worst thing about it, I like the movie. Don't get me wrong, but I did like I had to suspend a lot of belief. Whereas, like you know, everything in Infinity War could one day happen. But anyway, like (laughs) Tobey Maguire was improvising, or so 
uh, the the scene where he's shooting movie. the webs for the first time. They had no script. Yeah, he the, whole the whole movie. Thing. Yes, it <laughs> seemed like it sometimes. Um, when he's shooting the web from the fir- for the first time, and apparently a lot of fans were like, he doesn't have his web shooters. Like he doesn't. That's not how Spider Man shoots web. And Sam Raimi was like. I don't have time to put this in a movie and it won't make sense if I do a 20 minute subplot of him making web fluid, um, which huh. I think yeah, I um, actually, so this, I, I didn't read the comic books or anything. So this was my exposure to Spider-Man initially. So okay. when I, when I learned that Spider-Man usually had like fake things, I was like, that's weird. <laughs> like, cause he's got spider DNA. Why can't he shoot webs? <laughs> That's I yeah. yeah. I think this was also my first exposure to that. I probably thought about like learned it the wrong way. Also, mm. um, anyway, he was just like pretend you're shooting a web for the first time and say whatever comes into your mind. Two of the lines Toby Maguire says are Shazam and up up and away web, which. Uh, aside from web at the end of the ladder uh, are both DC superhero catchphrases. This guy is supposed to be the face of one of Marvel's biggest franchises. Also, he had never read a Spider-Man comic before this movie. He just liked the script. So he wanted to do it. Sure. (laughs) I would. I, I (laughs) do like the bare minimum of research and realize that Shazam or up, up and away are your competitors. Well, who cares if they're your competitors? You're making fun of them. And that's a very Spider-Man thing to do. That, yeah, that's mm. that's, uh, that's a pretty good I, point. I don't think he knew that he was doing that. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, who cares if he did? He did. Well, I care. I care it's so also much. like they didn't write Spider-Man as a very quippy yeah. personality. Like that's my that's my biggest issue with like the the personality of Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man. And it's just the way it's written too. It's not really Tobey Maguire's fault, but like part of why Spider-Man is one of my favorite superheroes is because he is so like fast-paced and quippy with what he says and he's got a catchphrase and like he's silly and you know doesn't take his crime fighting too seriously um you know and that's fun to me and it's he doesn't really have any lines like that in this movie at all i can't think of any uh, uh like maybe when he's the going jig back is up the- gobby <laughs> when he's going back into the burning building and there's a cop and he's like, you better be here when I get back. And he's like, I'm not coming back here. Like, that's kind of quippy. Uh, not the way he delivered not, it, though. That line delivery was just like. Yeah, the jig is up is more along the lines of what Spider-Man might say. Is up, it, it is certainly not as uh, Tom Holland does. That's why I, I said that Tobey Maguire is a better Peter Parker, not necessarily a better Spider-Man, because Tom Holland definitely has that more on lock. I think yeah. Tom Holland is a much better both. No. I, <laughs> I, I just, this is going to be an interesting three episode arc that we have here. <laughs> Very contentious. <laughs> um, so they do high school. Oh, I'm sure I wrote this down because of Jordan. I knew loved this. The explosion when the Green Goblin raids the military base and then there's an explosion and immediately cut away to the graduation hats being thrown in the air. Yeah, I actually <laughs> like that transition. I actually like that transition. That actually looked like a David Wayne movie. I, I wrote it. I was like, Jordan loved this. I know for a fact. Uh, I really like it. I, I was oh, a big fan. That. Yeah, so that was uh, pretty wild. Uh, I guess the burglary is the next big thing that happens. Or, or no, this is before we skip that. That's before graduation. Because uh, he goes to get a car to win MJ's heart. 
which he thinks he can get like a souped up speedster for three grand. I just don't understand the whole like I need to buy a nice car so the girl will like me thing. Like I get like he saw her get into her boyfriend's yeah, new such car, a but like strange it's strange train of thought to be it's like really he dumb. has a car. If I have a car, she will break up with him. That's and- how it was twenty years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> a like different world. <laughs> I I don't think Spider Man would think like that though. Even like nerdy Spider Man that can't even talk to a girl like him. He he's smart enough that he wouldn't try to buy into. Like, like a social stigma to get a girl yeah. otherwise he would have by now you know, you know like you could have had him like if you if you wanted him to build web slingers you could have had it to where he needed to buy something and so he needed money to build his web slingers or something like that and then he goes to do this thing and that way you can incorporate both. Yeah, which would have been great. But then, like, they, that would have been focusing the plot more on Spider Man and less on the girl. And I don't think they wanted to do that. Yeah. Unfortunately. No. They really wanted this to be a love story. But it does lead to the greatest scene in the movie, which (laughs) is the wrestling scene. That was pretty spectacular. Uh, I... Bonesaw is ready. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was pretty spectacular. And when the cage came down... I got you for three minutes. (laughs) When the cage came down, too, like, my dad, as a child, when I was watching this with him, he's like, oh, Spider-Man's going to use that cage for web-swinging. I was like, (laughs) huh, that's a a fun observation. I wonder if he's going to do that. And he did. It really paid off. Um, (laughs) So that was cool. Uh, And then, oh, that... Might also be, even though this uh, the quote does not hold up uh, as much, but uh, that might be his biggest Spider-Man quip when he says to Macho Man Randy Savage, "That's a nice suit. Did your husband make it for you?" Yeah, that, <laughs> Which, uh, that was like, that was, yeah, that was. Ve- I mean, very dated, but that. Yeah, I was gonna like, say that line doesn't really hold up. It does not hold up, but I think <laughs> that is the closest you get to a Spider-Man quip. Yeah at yeah. that time during this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, could you imagine Tom Holland saying something like that? No. <laughs> but can can we just talk about, for a second, the uh, danger that Peter Parker put Bonesaw in in that situation? <laughs> How so? Like, because, uh, like, all right, think about it. So you, you've you've watched a bit of professional wrestling with us. Like, you know, it's 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 an act, and it is fun, and it's like a it's like a physical soap opera of sorts, and it's a blast to watch like the physicality of these grown large men but throwing each other around this. the ring. Yeah, this it was, was. actual it's wrestling. Per- no, yeah, it's professional wrestling. It's not it's not like uh, the movie does wrestling it as actual fighting. Yeah, because the guy like is, else. is like. Legs are like broken. He's like, ah, oh, my leg. That happens like, all the time in, in the WWE. They have stretcher matches well, why where you have to win the match by putting your man on a stretcher. Yeah, so why would this, they offer three grand? Why would they offer three grand? They're offering three grand to get new, cre- new creative people to come in and be on their show. And so they have all of these people. They have a cage match, and Spider Man has superpowers. He's super strong. <laughs> Bonesaw is just th- wrestling these guys and putting people in suplexes and headlocks. And Spider Man could have killed him he's just trying to provide for his family it's highly irresponsible for peter parker to go into that ring and fight him
him the way that he did. A bone saw literally like beat the shit out of him with a metal chair and then a lead pipe. It happens all the time in the but WWE. It looked very real. Those yeah. props looked real. <laughs> it was not. It wasn't real. See, it was professional wrestling. It's all a show for the audience. No, Peter Parker movie, was the one that really <laughs> injured Bonesaw. That's why his manager was pissed and didn't pay him the $3,000 because he hurt Bonesaw. Bonesaw's got medical bills to pay now. <laughs> in this you movie, though, the heightened reality that it is is professional wrestling is real wrestling. Like, his reality is just like... <laughs> That's yeah. also a good. Uh, yeah, I've never been under the. Impression. It's like the cartoon understanding of reality, like and and that's sure. that's true even of like MJ's relationship, like the thing with the car, like that's very much a cartoon understanding of reality. It's like she likes that guy because he has a nice car. She would like me if I had a nice car. So oh, I'm gonna go be it. a professional wrestler and irresponsibly <laughs> hurt this all. grown man that is running the show and making all of this money. He's trying to provide for his family. I'm gonna make Bonesaw Mrs. has Bonesaw worked his ass off. You see how jacked Bonesaw is? Do you think that body comes naturally? No, that man worked hard for the physique and to be the professional that he is. And I Peter Parker like came in and just tried to freaking kill him. He can take it. Like, what did Peter Parker do? He just kicked him a couple times, right? Bonesaw yeah, was well, not ready. Bonesaw was out cold they ended the match early they couldn't even do the whole match because peter parker injured him i'm drawing a blank on how it ended i just remember it like he was beating the pulp out of toby mcguire and then toby mcguire started kicking him and then oh did he do the web swing and then he like kicked him again or what was how did if you look in the I background of the final blow if you look in the background of the Uncle Ben scene, you can see an ambulance go by with bone, uh, bone, <laughs> saw, yeah. bone saw. Yeah. And you can see his wife in the back holding his hand. Oh, man. Poor he doesn't make saw. it. I also later love- later uh, in Jay Jones, Jen, whatever. God, I can't say his name. Jay, Jay, Jay Jonah Jameson's Jameson. paper. You can see one of the lower things is uh, local professional wrestler killed last night. <laughs> maimed in horrible spider accident. <laughs> um. That was another, uh, I liked the introduction of him into the wrestling pit where, with that guy where he like finally gives him like the name Spider-Man. And I, as yeah. a kid, Bruce Campbell, I, hell yeah. Yeah. I, I like that cameo a lot. ever. That was a better cameo than Stan Lee. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, let's not say things we can't take back. Uh, <laughs> rest, rest in peace, Stan. Um, I, loved like also as a child just his delivery of that name sucks and then he like gives his own like we call him spider-man and he was so adamant of like he got my name wrong it's the human spider human spider that was probably the nerdiest thing he did in the entire movie yeah yeah Um, uh, also, Octavia Spencer is the one that checked him in. Yeah. Like, what an awesome actress to be in, like a Spider-Man movie. Just like, okay, yeah, you just sit here. To, like, that's way above her pay grade. And Elizabeth even in Banks. the early two thousands, Elizabeth. Banks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she tried out for the role of um, either MJ or one of the other. I guess it had to be MJ. There aren't a lot of like, popular. <laughs> and they were girls. like, you can be J. Jonah Jameson's yeah, assistant, secretary. Secretary, yeah. <laughs> Like, and she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, she probably wasn't famous at the time. Kirsten Dunst was definitely famous by the yeah, time this came yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I guess, yeah, another, like, just uh, gripe I have with this movie is, like, the Kristen Dunst, like, when Homecoming came out, she's like, we made the best Spider-Man movies. They're just going to keep milking the franchise for all it's worth. I'm like, have you seen Tobey Maguire cry in this movie that you were in? <laughs> like, it, it, you didn't do the best one. Watch Homecoming. Uh, and then Tobey Maguire being a diva. Again, if these people come back, I will buy it. I will watch it. Uh, and especially if they put the best Spider-Man ever, Mr. Thomas Holland. 
uh, I'll be on board. Um, continuing further with my notes, uh-huh. uh, after who was the guy who didn't give him his money? Was that Bonesaw's agent? It was whoever was running the wrestling show. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that yeah that was weird to. So why didn't he pay him the money? I've ne- like just because he because he didn't it. go the he full three minutes longer. Uh, not really. Th- he was just looking for an excuse not to pay him. It yeah, didn't matter exactly. what it was. It was just like a shifty yeah. like. Oh, here's your hundred dollars. I'm not paying you three thousand. Why? Oh, uh, you only wrestle for two minutes. You know. Gotcha. Like, because okay. he didn't expect anyone to actually last three minutes in the ring with Bonesaw. Yeah. Because yeah, Bonesaw like, was hitting him with crowbars, like full force. <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially um, as a kid, I really loved the line, like where he's like, "You let him get away." I forget the part where that's my problem. Yeah, that was so savage. Yeah, and then the guy just walks away. Is it like I, if I was the guy who got my money stolen, I would have been like cops, like arrest him or some shit. <laughs> like he's yeah. he was probably like knowing him running that ring and stuff like that, and paying in cash. Like he was probably had some shifty underground drug lord stuff going on. But again, this isn't the kind of movie that's going to give you a, a secret backstory and with like hints and clues. It's going to tell you the backstory if it matters. Yeah. So I mean, we can make stuff up like that, but I think that's all just hearsay. So he, uh, this bugged me also. This took me out of it. Uh, him swinging through the air, and he's making so many audible grunts. Like, why? Why is he doing that? On what? his way to stop the robber, Spider Man is. Uh, I guess because that, that's his like first time. He's like actively like not just swinging for fun or learning how. He's like, I'm gonna stop this guy. Just so sounds, maybe that's why. It sounds very weird. Jordan, did you notice that at all? Or did were you just like I didn't notice it, but I've I've you know watched some tennis in my day, so I'm used to grunting. <laughs> <laughs> I, it didn't stick out to me either. The grunting, it's just like ah yeah, and then like the fun music is playing in the background, so I really like the score, and like his grunts are overriding the score. Danny Elfman's <laughs> lovely score, and, I and despite to, ah, dis- yeah. uh, despite the kind of obviousness of the CGI in this, I think the way they did the the sequences of him web slinging. Yeah. Yeah, were fantastic. Like, the, like they're the so smooth, work. and like the way he glides yeah. through stuff is, is yeah. very satisfying to watch. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and he just like the video game where it was like, uh, what well, I guess it was Spider Man Two was Spider Man Two. That yeah, is that's that was the such a fun game. That is the best Spider Man video game we've ever gotten, and there's been like twenty plus Spider Man video games. And I think the new PS4 was better than Spider Man Two disagree because those mj missions are fucking horrible yeah yeah okay they are so atrocious there was never a dull moment in spider-man 2 there might oh the boss fight with dr octopus was pretty difficult like and i remember like he got stuck he glitched out of the map and i just beat the shit out of him and that's how i won (laughs) like but i was fighting dr octopus for like a week I don't know if I ever beat the game. I just loved like exploring, like open world yeah. with with Spider Man, yeah, emote, like movement mechanics. Oh, totally! Like it was they, great. They really figured it out, and they never. I guess they kind they did go back to it with the most recent one, but yeah. uh, Spider Man. Well, just exploring well. the city and stuff, like finding the highest building and then jumping off and seeing how close I can get to the ground before I yeah. like throw a web out or something. Yeah, yeah. like it, it, there was a lot of it was kind of like the first time that had been done. I guess you get Grand Theft Auto and stuff, but they can't web swing. What's yeah. the point? It was yeah, that was very new and satisfying was to come out with a game like that. It really was. So if this franchise gave us nothing else, which again, I think it gave us a lot, but 
arguably one of the best things is it's also super surprising because they came out with those games as like a marketing piece for the movies yeah but they actually came out with good games there were so you're many just trying bad to do a marketing piece there were so normally. many bad games yeah and normally you just be like oh yeah spider-man the video game pay us 30 dollars and it's gonna suck but like they made some of the best games you know especially for being based on movies they i did. remember getting playing the lord of the rings games which, Some of those yeah. weren't too bad. But Two Towers and Return of the King were really good. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like it was too locked into the plot of the movie. Like this one, like the plot of the movie is kind of happening in it, but you'd also, you're free to do whatever. Like imagine yeah. if you could have explored Middle Earth Middle a little Earth. bit. Like that would have been amazing. That's yeah. well, that's kind of why this, the Spider-Man 2 game was like the first movie made it game. It breaks that, you out of the plot. Yeah. You weren't Whereas like. you're on rails in a lot of these. You were not committed to the movie. Like, or like yes. Harry Potter games. I remember feeling, I, I played. I don't know, some terrible Harry Potter game, maybe on Game Boy Advanced or something. Um, and it was just like impossible, like the the controls were awful and stuff like that. And I was I was used to playing game ad- adaptations like that that were not like this at all. Yeah, they were the same thing, terrible. like it'd be great to just be, have a game where you could just free roam Hogwarts like as a student, like even not as Harry Potter. I think that would be Shocked a great that idea that for a game. that doesn't exist, honestly. Yeah. There's, like, Shocked. A, it's a good game. Any Any movie that has good world building Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think is great source material for well, open world. And game. it's also just so, I mean, back when it was much cheaper to make video games, now it's quite expensive, but like to just make one of those movies and yeah, make a promo video game, like just throw a couple, you know, however much money it costs to make the bare minimum of a game of a game. Mm-hmm. And then cause, cause Spider-Man one was not very good. It was a linear story where you followed the movie and then you fought like some other villains. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Spider-Man 2 was perfect. And then Spider-Man 3 was interesting. And I don't know if it was because the PS3, the next-gen consoles just came out. So they were trying to cater to both of them. And that usually makes shitty video games. But yeah. they did open world again. It just didn't cling as much. The combat was not as fun. And then you could be like evil emo Spider-Man, which was nice. Hmm. Um, I don't so think I ever played fun. the first or the third one. Yeah, Which is the, funny. Like, I don't know how i knew that like how second you one was two yeah like because i don't know what interest like was it just the talk i played it at a friend's elementary house. school or yeah i played it at a friend's house i'm like i need this this is next level this is how all video games should be from now on and they and then, were the, uh, well, <laughs> forever. They, they made a lot of duds in between yeah. um there are actually some avengers phase one there was a, a, a video game for ps3 and 360 with every phase one movie except Avengers which they're huh. making in the fall uh, but there was like an Iron Man game there was an Iron Man 2 game there has been a Marvel game, game though hasn't there didn't they middle, didn't they release one like a couple of years ago a Marvel game are you talking about Ultimate Alliance maybe I don't know yeah. I, I, don't I mean there have been games. Marvel video games but none based on the movies okay yeah but did, what, the, didn't they have like a big one like a couple of years ago maybe that's doing the one a, Kyle mentioned they're doing a big one. Well, I mean, there's like the ensemble ones where they just, it's more based on the comic book characters though, mm-hmm. than the actual movie characters. Um, but that is neither here nor there. Uh, even though I would really like to play the Thor PS3 video game. I wonder if that is available anywhere. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you play it at the time? I didn't. I, I played up till Iron Man 2. I played all three of the first three, and then Thor and Captain America were both released, and I was just like, these aren't that fun. But now I would just love to go back and, like, trophy hunt, and just, like, for the sake of it, like, they're probably not that good. What are you even doing in the Captain America one? You're, like, going through World War II, and you're, uh, yeah, I think it's mostly World War II combat. 
Uh, which is not what the movie is at all. It is not. Well, I haven't played it, so I don't know for sure. But I assume you do a lot of the action that is in that movie. Um, which World War II yeah. games were big. They like, were. I remember Medal of Honor. That was a pretty good game. I yeah. Now we're just talking about video games. Okay, let's get out. Let's <laughs> back to the movie. <laughs> back. To, you know who else likes video games? Peter Parkster himself. Uh, so the other thing, and did this guy, this bother you at all, or would you have done this as a filmmaker? But when he finally confronts the the robber who murdered Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. uh, he realizes that it's the dude he just saw like five minutes ago, and then there is an immediate flashback to five minutes ago. Yeah, that was that guy. Yeah. unnecessary. <laughs> no, yeah, and that's that's what gets back. It gets back to this movie. It tells you everything that you're supposed to feel and remember like you're an idiot. Like, you know, it walks you. There is no like secret backstory. There's no subtle hints at anything. Like you don't have to pay attention to this movie at all to get a hundred percent of the plot. Yeah. Cause some I, people would miss that. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, understand. I, I was, I've, I've talked to people, uh, who, who've told me like these modern MCU films are very, like I tried to see him, I just didn't know what was going on, and I got bored, and then I kind of stopped paying attention halfway through, which is crazy to me because they are very easy to watch movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You have to be, I don't know, you got bad eyes or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's just people, people, uh, and maybe it's been like this for a long time, but people don't want to sit and watch and pay attention to a movie like a lot of us do. We mm-hmm. take our movies very seriously. We pay super attention to everything as far as the pacing and the scenes and the, the shots and the schoolers. cuts and the music, like everything matters to us. But nowadays, I mean, theaters have been closed for a long time thanks to COVID. But before that, there was always going to be somebody on their phone, somebody not paying attention. I've I've been to the movies where the person next to me is snoring because they're asleep. It's like you paid for a movie ticket to fall asleep during a, an awesome movie. Surely they're with other people. Yeah. Probably. Some people just use movies in a very different way. Like some of the like like even if you just scroll like through TV, like I was at my parents' house, I don't have cable, but they have cable, and so I was just kind of looking through the guide and there's so much of that that's just like why would you ever watch that? And it just <laughs> strikes me as people use entertainment in a very different way than I use entertainment. Yeah, like I want something yeah. that's like, I don't know. Marvel filled. There's no way to talk about that without sounding smug. Cause I was like, I want something that's like, <laughs> but we are, like, blah, I mean, blah. we but are, yeah. we know it. It's fine. Like yeah. we are very smug individuals. We enjoy, we <laughs> I enjoy mean, I media love, I in love. a different way. I want I a movie dumb, that's a little bit challenging. Stuff. That's like a little bit like that makes me think something I hadn't thought before, which isn't this like, movie, by the way. I still love this movie, but obviously not like, this uh, one. Like something unique, like an Adam Sandler flick. <laughs> yeah, like Uncut Gems. <laughs> Did you watch Uncut Gems? I started watching Uncut Gems. Uh, How could I you possibly stop? Gems. It was so... <laughs> if I'd been oh. in a theater, I would have loved it. But since I was watching at home and I could like take a break from the anxiety of it, <laughs> I did. Which is a mistake because then I don't... You, you don't want to jump it. back yeah. into it. Yeah. You I, should also watch Good Time. What's yeah. that? I haven't even heard of that one. That's uh, the movie they made before. Yeah, Uncut the Safdie brothers made Good Time, then they made Uncut Gems. Okay. A lot of people like Good Time more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a bit on the fence. I think I like both of them pretty equally. I, but it's I like, again, it's a it's an anxiety ride constantly. Yeah. And I, I love I, that in a theater, like because like I'm kind of trapped with it, especially because I've paid for the ticket and stuff. And yeah. it, it's it's one of those things that I enjoy. 
after having watched it, kind of like the TV show Nathan for you. <laughs> I, I think that, that show is funny in retrospect. Here While I'm gold. watching it, I'm dying. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> you, I, yeah, I guess I'm kind of a glutton for punishment when it comes to those things. I love, I love any emotion a movie can make me experience. Which Spider-Man really puts you through the whole does. ringer, the full circle of emotions. I, I was about to mention Tusk. That being like the worst. <laughs> that was that's the only emotion I don't want to hear. Like. The worst a movie can be is like completely boring, and you know even was if that it's what bad, Tusk was? I never watched Tusk. It, yeah, we me Don't. and Kyle watched it. It's so bad. It's basically like Human Centipede, but if Kevin Smith wrote and directed the Human Centipede. Yeah, I, I think the story around Tusk getting made is interesting, like because he just mentioned it on yeah, his podcast on or whatever, podcast. and then it got crowdfunded, and he wrote the script in like a weekend or something. It shows all of that shows. Yeah, it is very apparent. Yeah, that's um, a shame. That would have been cool. If, like, imagine if he pulled that off. Like, it was just like he whipped he, this movie he didn't, out of though. nowhere. He didn't, he didn't pull <laughs> he, it off. He, he, he got not. some fans. I mean, Marshall loved uh, it, but, you know, Marshall yeah. watched it three times in the course of, like, two days. <laughs> <laughs> that, and then he, well, he all, to be fair, he did the same with Uncut Gems. We showed, yeah. we watched both in the same weekend, and he ended up rewatching them the same amount of times. Does Tusky, does Tusky even have, like, um, a campy weirdness to it that makes it fun not really the thing it's meant to but it Mm. doesn't hit that mark like it's supposed to be very like Mm tongue-in-cheek but it's just not good enough to be even tongue-in-cheek and raimi did evil dead 2 right so which is like the the kind of it's almost a spoof of the first one right Mm -hmm. yeah i haven't seen it which it's a movie that's been on my list forever and then you know it's great army of darkness is great too yeah um but this this movie Spider Man, yeah, I, it's almost Speaking got like. Speaking of Spider Man, well, no, it's 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 a movie that's so aware that's a movie, and that's like part of what I like about it. And it reminds me of this next uh, point that I'm going to make. I compared it to uh, Casablanca earlier. You did <laughs> totally fair comparison. Uh, the scene with. Uh, uh, at the funeral, the other scene at the funeral with him and Harry, where he's like, I, I hate Spider-Man, but I love you. You're my closest friends. Yeah. And, and that is Shakespeare. <laughs> 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 like just classic dramatic irony, just like like the audience knows something that you don't know. And I mean, it's like this this obvious like two-faced thing. I don't know. It's, it's, I love that kind of dramatic it's not, tension. It's, like, it's, it's obvious, but it's fun. It's not slick, though. It's not no, it's written not. well. It's just like, think, I'm going to get script. Spider-Man back. And then, uh, but I'm but, glad you're here, Peter. It's like, I don't know. I don't I think it needs to be so like more, as a, more as a youth, I got it and I appreciated it more. But that's not... One of that's not the thing that I gripe with about this movie when I rewatch it. Like I do remember liking those lines fondly. Yeah, it's I really love it. the stuff love that it. I was ambivalent <laughs> toward as a kid that now really irritates me. Like the high schoolers all being thirty. Okay, it's not that the, big of a deal. Now, it's, now I want to talk about the credits for a second. Kyle, did you watch the credits to this film? Wait, are we jumping? At, are we no. still there's still a little ground to cover. There's still a couple things in my notes, but if you want to, I that this this is just back. this is pretty quick. So. Okay. The first credit song is just more of the score, which is amazing. And you're just like, wow, what a great movie. I just watched it. It had no flaws. It was perfect and fun in every way. I can't believe you. this is your reaction to this. <laughs> what have you done with Jordan? Uh, you know, it's, it's an expectations game, too, I think. Because I, I, I knew yeah. what this movie was going into it. And so watching it, the only things I experienced were like, 
oh, I remember liking this part. And then this is, it was fun. Or I remember this being silly and it was silly. And like, you know, I, uh, any of the things I didn't like about this movie, I already remembered not liking. So they didn't bother me again. Okay. Um, Maybe you should give the incredible Hulk another shot. No, I I don't think because yeah, I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, the second song comes on and it's 2002. Who could it be other than Chad Kroger of Nickelback? Oh, Not no. with Nickelback, uh, but he's singing a song him, uh, called like Hero that he definitely wrote for this movie. It's oh, so Nickelback. I had no idea. Um, Wait, is Nickelback with it or it's Chad Kroger solo? It's just Chad Kroger, but it's 100% Nickelback. Like, right. they're, they're not there, but it's the sound of Nickelback. <laughs> it's the voice of Nickelback. It's the writing of Nickelback. It's the production of Nickelback. Isn't that crazy that that, like, in 2002, like, the radio, the number one radio hits were, like, stained Nickelback. Yeah. Creed, like Creed, but like wait, all that. There's more. So then okay. the the Nickelback song fades, and what okay. comes in? But the Sum Forty One song, I Aww. don't think it was also was written for this movie, but it's the one. Uh, it's the song. I know what we live them. for. Tell me the lyrics. What we live for, or like rock. What it's it's what it's we live what we're for. all about. It's what we live for. Come yeah. on, jet, yeah. uh, jam it out or whatever. Yeah. So it goes straight from Nickelback <laughs> to a rapping punk Some pop 41. punk song, Some. and I was like, "Wow, I, this is 2002. This could not be more 2002." <laughs> I'm in a time machine actually, right now. <laughs> uh, that is actually off Sum 41's demo record, "Half Hour of Power." Wow, so before All Killer been, No Filler. It is pre-All Killer No Filler. So, And I'm curious, because All Killer No Filler would have come out by the time this movie did, because that's 2001. Yeah, and, th- and then so, that song faded, and another song came in. I was like, why are they forcing... Like, they only did they only did one verse and the chorus of that song, and then, like, okay, we got to do It is a short song. song. It is, that, okay, maybe it was just like that a, it was quick. It is a short song, yeah. So... Um, and also, I mentioned this to you early off air, Jordan, but uh, now that Kyle's here, being the pop punk enthusiast that he is, uh, <laughs> Yellow Card wrote a song for Spider-Man 2 called mm-hmm. um, Gifts and Curses, which is one of my top three favorite Yellow Card songs. Uh, wasn't Vindicated written for a Spider-Man Vindicated movie? was also <laughs> written That's for Spider-Man That's the best too. one. That's the <laughs> that best was, one yeah. written Vindicated. for the Spider-Man movie. Dude, I remember being so, like, that was the only, wh- wh- who did that? Was that something corporate? Dashboard Confessional. That was Dashboard, Dashboard Confessional. Confessional. Yeah. I remember being really upset because I liked dashboard confessional and i wanted to buy an album that had vindicated on it but it wasn't on an album it was on the spider-man 2 soundtrack i I didn't want to buy the soundtrack (laughs) for vindicated i and i remember yeah uh, but i did love vindicated man Yeah, I knew it all along, and I am flawed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That that movie's—I mean, that that song's so big, like it's just so shamelessly. It's very grand. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Vindicated. I am selfish. I am wrong. I am right. I I know I'm right. I swear swear I knew it all along. You can't say that. You have to sing the song. Yeah. Vindicated. I am selfish. No, you're not. Not like Avril Lavigne. You need to stop. Okay. Well, I'm not like drunk, Kyle. Oh, sorry. Get into my proper rock band voice. (laughs) What's uh, What's the lead singer to Dashboard Confessionals name? That's some trivia. Probably knows. I don't know. Oh, it's it's Jordan Peebles, actually. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was, just, I wasn't even trying to set up that bit, but that was a bit we had in college. That, that was really good. Well, I'll look it up for you. All right. Holy so shit. answer your trivia questions <laughs> now. Everyone off air is not going to know that story. I know. That's such a weird thing. Actually, I will, I will, I will, <laughs> that is ridiculous to bring up and not uh, reference it at all. Did you uh, think I was referencing it? Did I did I think? Yeah, just now that I was trying to pull that reference. I don't know. I didn't care. It's like you in this movie. I didn't care how it came out, but I know I knew it was my opportunity to use the joke. Oh did you mean God. to use the joke? No. Okay. That nobody knows about. All right. So, uh, in college, we had this long-term bit, and I don't remember how it started, but it was basically Jordan is the lead singer for Dashboard Confessional because you like quoted Vindicated someday. Yeah, like as a, like as a joke, and they're like, "How did you know that?" Because it, it was very much not the kind of music you would that associate you would like. with right. me. Or, or wasn't it was like someone you knew from your past, like oh, playing oh, oh, violin? Yes, yes. Okay, so I was talking one when I went to a new church in Richmond. I was talking to the pastor, and my mom mentioned that I like music or something. Uh, and then this guy's oh, like, my "Oh, son my son likes music. <laughs> you <laughs> well, need a musician for your church band." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that how your mom like talks? Uh huh. No, that's uh, but. And then the guy goes, "Oh, well, my daughter plays violin for Dashboard Confessional. Do you know them?" And I was like, "I have no idea who they are." And so then that that Cade amped that up to. I started I telling everyone, uh, like Jordan played for Dashboard Confessional. It became Jordan is the lead singer of Dashboard Confessional. And then the reason it is a funny uh, joke that has not been brought up as a, in a while is I have this game, this card game that uh, basically a trivia game that I play with all my childhood friends. Uh, we would go to visit <laughs> my cabin every year. And it's basically just trivia about our past and just like fun inside joke trivia and i invited jordan to the cabin with us because we were all becoming tight in college and jordan I'm, i mean he knew us but he did not know our all of our 12 yeah, years i lost of the game i did not do well at the trivia for their childhood <laughs> but that one i was of not the, involved with one of the questions was who is the lead singer of dashboard confessional and jordan said like reluctantly it landed on jordan oddly enough like he was the person <laughs> to answer it he's yeah. like Jordan Peoples. And then this this was two years after the joke had started, had catapulted into what it became. And then I said, bonus question. It's also on the card, also written on the card. Uh, bonus question. Who's the real singer of Dashboard Confessional? And Jordan said, Jordan Peoples. And he got the card. That might have been his only win of yeah, that entire That's trip. amazing. And you didn't uh, you didn't set that up inten intentionally just now? No. I was just trying to think who the singer was. You're genuinely interested in who the lead singer to Dashboard that Confessional is? That joke yes. has not come up in six years. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it's so weird. It's like, this is like hearing Brandy in, in, uh, in Guardians of the galaxy and which we've Dude, talked yeah, about we've talked times. about that story uh yeah but it, that was this it's the same reaction this was the same reaction to uh kurt russell looking at star lord and saying this is the greatest thing mankind has ever done <laughs> all right like a subtle wink to our okay what, uh, what other points did you want to bring well, up let me give you the answer Kyle, to the oh, trivia sorry. question because the, the actual fake, fake singer to dashboard confessional is chris caraba ah uh. Well, hmm. now we know. <laughs> See, and I'm going to forget that, and I'm going to remember that. But Jordan hands Jordan down, Peoples. it's you, Jordan. And that's another dashboard confessional joke. Wait, he but knows, I'm looking, and his, that's his stage name. Actually, his real name is Jordan Peoples. Jordan Peoples, <laughs> oddly enough. Um, Born in 1993. 
so the robber flashback. Uh, one of my other notes is, I guess we might be cutting ahead a little bit, but Green Goblin is starting to become a threat. Um, and apparently they had the mask like chosen uh, because it looked the most similar to Willem Dafoe's face. <laughs> what? Insult. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that they chose. Like I mean, they wanted it. I watched like a behind the scenes feature on the costume design. And the only thing they mentioned really was that they wanted it to like they they wanted it to look like it was screaming like he does in the comics. Sure. And so that was like the number one thing. And then they designed the rest of the mask based on that. But I didn't know okay. anything about it being <laughs> looking that's, that's like Willem Dafoe's trivia. face. I didn't think the costume for Green Goblin was that great. I will say, while, while even watching it last night, I was like, this, I don't know, it, it, it definitely feels more like a Batman costume from, like, yeah, 90s like, Batman. Like a Tim Burton Batman. Yeah. It's also, like, the, the whole, like, reflective eyes thing, like, that was very early 2002 because like Oakley had come out with like those reflective like lenses and everyone was buying them. And uh, so I don't know. I feel like, again, that was just kind of a product of the time. Yeah. A lot okay. of this movie is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> another fun fact. Uh, as we all know, rights to these movies now, I mean, now that Disney owns everything, it's fine except for part of Sony uh, that's on loan. But uh the rights to these were super controversial all throughout the years, and once you had a franchise, it was yours. You couldn't cross over, do anything. So before all that feuding started, and they realized how much money they were going to make with these movies, X-Men 1 had come out, and Hugh Jackman was supposed to have a Wolverine cameo in Spider-Man 1, where he was just supposed to show up in New York and acknowledge that that character existed in Spider-Man's universe. The only reason that he did not do it was because they could not get an accurate suit from the X-Men 1 movie. Hugh Jackman flew out to the set and everything was ready to go, but he did not have the suit and therefore that scene does not exist. They couldn't just be in plain clothes? No, they wanted it like they wanted him in. I think maybe one of the deals probably was like he has to show that he's like, you know, we're referencing that universe. So you have to like make him make people want to watch our movie by showing the costume Wolverine. Hmm. Uh, Stan Lee, also the original uh, Stan Lee cameo was supposed to be him handing um, uh, Peter Parker a pair of the X-Men glasses from the X-Men, the first movie. Uh, and he said, these are from my friend or something like that. And then they were supposed to. So that was kind of like a nod that it was a shared universe. And then all this uh, the right stuff started happening and there's like, yep, we're making too much money. We can't share our properties mm. kind of deal. Just, that's a fun piece of trivia. Um, so uh, another question I had was when green goblin is breaking up. Who's that band? Uh, that was Macy gray. Yeah. yeah she said, I think she sang the theme song for as told by ginger, the cartoon on the that's what that was that no well she, i don't think she's singing it at the thing but I, that's where i recognized her from oh oh okay. i mean i she recognize had, her as a she was a big pop star at that time again yeah, again had, like a thing that dates the film to exactly 2002 <laughs> yeah. you know she was she was all over the radio and stuff yeah that was that was interesting um i like her voice very interesting as a voice yeah, uh, I mean, I, I thing. always will remember her for this movie. Um, I like Spider-Man jumping on the balloons. That was fun. Um, then Green Goblin like throws that bomb that turns people into skeletons. What? That was, was the funny. weirdest like <laughs> CGI moment that just didn't 
cut it in this one. I was like, all right. Yeah, that but was what? that was so bizarre. Like I was yeah. like, what, what is... bomb was that? Why hasn't? He, why didn't he use that like on Spider Man? It's only for the board members. Yeah, it's a board member skeleton it. bomb. <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah, that that was so strange. And then obviously the CGI just looked like because I kind of remember as a kid, like that was cool looking. But now it does not look cool. Looking it was it was incredibly cartoony. Like, yeah. yeah, like it's something you could maybe see drawn in a comic book and it wouldn't look insane. Like, like, especially if you maybe like if you had like it blow off someone's face and you see their skull or something, but there's still mm-hmm. some like meat around. <laughs> but and it could have like, done that bare, with practical just, effects. They were just like pure spooky, scary skeleton type skeletons, <laughs> like like the kind you buy at a Halloween store. <laughs> they should, um, like while they were falling, they could have done like a xylophone sound effect, and it would have been fine. <laughs> that would have been so much worse. Or do you think would that have saved it for you? No, I, it does not need saving, in my opinion. You think that's fine? I, I think this movie just does not operate in any sort of. It, it, this movie is part of a cartoon. Like, are you gonna like the third one? I don't think so. I mean, I don't remember <laughs> it, but I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, anything's possible now. Do you? So I wouldn't uh, just, rate this movie like a ten out of ten. By the way, I just. I like we'll to ask for your rate. We will it. ask for your Marvel. I don't want to put a number Avengers. on it. You should though. <laughs> I want to. That's what, off we, that's the what charts, we do in this baby. podcast. That's what our podcast is about. Uh, Rating Marvel movies. <laughs> that's what part of it is. Yeah. The other part's the fun. Yeah, and this this is all fun. So, would you say there's no MCU movie that is like ridiculous? But if you examine it fully like you would be able to find faults with it but the faults wouldn't matter because you're having so much fun uh out of the 23 there's no movies that come close to this well the the problem is you can't do like a non sequitur kind of thing like this weird skeleton thing like i think that's kind of silly in this but if you did that in an mcu movie i'm like what does that mean about the rest of the movies like (laughs) because you have to have some sort of consistent logic throughout all of them like so this this is just a weird moment that affects this one movie that's like wait what but if you did that in this spider-man you now have to explain how that works in the rest of the mcu and whether or not that will be coming back in other mcu movies and stuff like you have to have like a there, there are some restrictions placed when you have a universe sure. because you have to tell they have to connect. Okay. So that uh, limits it. And it's fine that this doesn't ruin the rest of these movies or the logic in the rest of these movies. Like it, because it's all Spider-Man universe. I mean, it, it doesn't ruin it. Cause I think these movies have already been like, I mean, He's got he's got little patches on his wrist where webs shoot out, and the webs <laughs> shoot out at like Mach ten to where a building is. Like web slinging doesn't make sense to begin with. Like even even some of the arcs he makes, like he's swinging down, and then he gets to where the road is, and he starts going like horizontal next to the cars, and then he starts swinging up. It's like how is that working? Because the arc you should have just slammed into the concrete. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I'm sure. They had an architect that they ran everything by. Yeah. Um, it's just not that, a problem for this movie because this movie's, you know, silly and crazy. Silly and crazy. I, I don't know. I like I like a good campy movie sometimes, but... <laughs> Maybe you, you would have liked... Uh, well, I mean, we did an episode on Josh Trank, Fantastic Four, 
which it seemed like that wasn't campy. That was just bad. <laughs> like that, that's a different. I feel thing. like I feel like the same. Well, yeah, it was just bad. But like ten years from now, I think that it it's just kind of an interesting testament that amongst the golden age of superhero movies, that somehow gets released. You know, I guess that is part of it. Is the age because because I think the mistakes that people tend to make in filmmaking a lot of the times are rooted in the stylistic whatever is happening around them. And yeah. so then when you age away from them, they, they stop just being flaws that mean nothing. And they start being flaws that are indicative of the time that it was made in that adds another layer of nostalgia to what you're viewing. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe that's another reason why I like some of the weirder quirks of this movie. I mean, more power to you. Uh, well, it's also, you know, and for the time, this was huge for superhero movies. This like was this the was the biggest opening. It was so the right biggest now, opening. We just have X Men and Blade. Yeah, well, I mean, and you had all the older like superhero movies, you know, that just existed to exist, like Howard the Duck and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> you know, but like this, this propelled superhero movies into being like this is something that could someday be super popular and the number one box office everyone wants to see it superheroes are now not only just like good but they're cool and, and this is pop cash, culture is <laughs> and it really like i think i think that i mean we had batman movies but i think this one in particular superhero movie propelled superhero movies to the forefront of the the big budget box office blockbuster films more than any other superhero movie. Yeah, I think, I think this definitely clears the way for the MCU. Yeah, like this, I don't I don't know if this. the MCU would happen if Spider-Man didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, the other thing is just I think X-Men just holds up so much better and I should rewatch like all of the old ones. I mean, obviously the third of both trilogies are pretty rough, but uh, the first two and especially like X2, I feel like for the longest time, that was probably before the first Avengers. That was the bar for superhero movies in my eyes. Yeah, like, I never and saw And the other it. thing about the X-Men too is you already have like a team, a whole bunch of different people. Like you don't have to wait for, you know, crossovers. Like it's not just about one person. It's about all these interesting people with all these powers. And Yeah, that was kind of what lost me in the X-Men though. And that's why I gravitated more towards uh, Spider-Man because it was just about one person. And that's okay, what... Mary Jane Watson. Mary Jane. <laughs> and that's what all of, all of the Marvel movies now, that's why they're great. Because, the, you know, it's every character character's backstory and then eventually we'll bring them all together but first we're going to focus on this one character yeah. and that's what spider-man does right i mean x-men you know focuses on wolverine but there's a lot of different players so how deep can you really get not that spider-man is all that deep but you know it does get more into a single person's personality than any other superhero movie uh sure <laughs> um the uh at the time Put okay. that stamp on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely at the time. Uh, uh, so Thanksgiving, touch on that a little bit. Uh, that was wild when he fought him in the burning building and he's just wearing, the the Green Goblin is just wearing the pink blanket. Yeah. So he and thinks he's an old lady. doesn't realize it's him. But why is this old lady like walking around in the fire? Because she's lost and she's old and she's scared, dude. Now I just feel I like know. you're like poking holes for no reason. No, 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 no. no. That, that's <laughs> now not you're like, just that picking was, a fight with the old lady that's dying in a burning building, Kate. That on. was not. Uh, it actually, well, no. That I, that was just one of the things. Is as a kid, I'm like Spider Man. This is a trap. 
Like, get around. Like, I knew that that was a trap. The other thing, my sister, when we were young, when he brings the baby down from the burning apartment, mm-hmm. and it's like, that shot is clearly like a fake baby, but then they cut away to a real baby. And it's and like sister- perfectly clean and like, you know. <laughs> yeah, like no ash, yeah. no debris or anything. Like my sister was like, oh, that baby's so fake. And then she saw the real baby. She's like, oh, never mind. It's flawless. <laughs> that baby had like just gotten a bath. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, where did they film that baby scene? Like in a nursery somewhere? I don't know. It, Remember the yeah, baby that- scene in American Sniper? Uh, vaguely? They it, it was they just had a fake baby that was a doll, and Bradley Cooper's holding it, and it's, like, oh, so right. clearly okay. a doll. It's one of the, <laughs> like... I do kind of remember that. It was that so bizarre watching it in theaters, like, because it was, it looks so, so bad. Like, it just, like, like, its plasticky arm was just, like, up. And <laughs> yeah. it was just, like, this is so clearly a fake baby. Like, what am I, how am I supposed to be reacting to this scene? Like, that's so distracting. Yeah, babies are rough to do on camera. Um, I love, I mean, the fire sequence, the fight is great. Uh, I love the little blade bomb thingies and Spider-Man's awesome Matrix flip through them. Yeah, that that was, cool. was peak cinema at the time. Um, and uh, so I guess we can cut ahead to the end. Oh, did anyone else think it was weird that uh, Green Goblin blew up the side of Aunt May's house and then just made her finish the Lord's Prayer? He I mean, crazy. Yeah, but like that's the point. <laughs> yeah, is like it's insanity is part of the Green Goblin. Yeah, just general yeah. insanity. Like no specific yeah. mental health condition. He's just insane. Just <laughs> insane. I mean, they literally said that. Like yeah. that was one of the side effects was insanity. And so there, there he can do anything with no rhyme or reason, and you'd be like, oh, that's just you know, the Green Goblin. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, his bombs were cool. That final fight, I liked the entire last 25 minutes, as I've already mentioned. Is there anything else we haven't touched I, on? I will say that the mirror scene is phenomenal. Willem Dafoe is next level actor. You know, like he's incredible. And the whole mirror scene of like the camera angle, the shot is really neat. And Willem Dafoe absolutely kills it. I mean, he's having a conversation with this insane version of himself and he does so well. I I love that scene. I was wondering where, when did the first, when do we see Smeagol for the first time in Lord of the Rings? Because yeah. the, 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 the way they shot are, is very similar. Is this before we see Smeagol or is this? I think this is around the time of the two towers. So I think Smeagol probably did come out a little bit earlier. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it's, I, I uh, didn't two that, towers come out at the end of 2002. They were all fall films. Yeah. Depending on when this came out, maybe so this would have. This I think would have come it, out I, before Smeagol. I'm pretty sure this movie lost something to the Two Towers in the Academy. It was definitely came out one, two, three. That's how I remember, like oh three, oh one, or oh two, oh one. Yeah, see. but it definitely reminded me of that in a good way because that's also yes. like on a, the, I don't know. I like it when they shoot shot reverse shot for a character talking to it himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was a good scene. I never really appreciated it as a child. But also, at the same time, the writers gave Willem Dafoe this line. I wrote this down because (laughs) I hated it. (laughs) It was during the Thanksgiving scene, and he said, Sorry I'm late. Work was murder. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, uh, I, I did not. I did not even pick up on that. I just. I was thinking. Yeah, that's an expression. I didn't even. Pick I picked up, on, up on it and made the opposite reaction. I was like, that was great. <laughs> I love that line. It's so dumb. Uh, and then he like he's climbing on the ceiling and or Spider Man's on the ceiling and his blood drops. I guess like his senses are heightened or Willem Dafoe's the Goblin senses are heightened. Yeah, and just hears the blood. I remember it as a child being like that wouldn't happen, but then. You know, he has superpowers. That's right. why. He basically so, has super serum. Uh, going back to the awards, yeah. this was nominated for Best Visual Effects and Best Sound, but it lost Best Visual Effects to the Two Towers and it lost Sound to Chicago. Hmm. I haven't seen Chicago, but I feel like this might have had good sound. <laughs> 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 Gotta hear it, it for the sound. It must. Uh, but also the. Two towers is that's a worthy adversary yeah. to come up. Best sound would is that like mixing and like a like sound effects? I don't know because they broke it. They broke the category up into best sound design and best sound mixing. It's now. Mixing and editing. Mixing and mixing editing. editing. So that's now, but I, I guess before it was, you know, just best sound in general. Interesting. Mixing, editing, design, all that stuff. Did the score like get nominated for it all? Huh. Did the score get nominated? Uh, I guess those were the only two nominations. I, I would hmm. imagine best score was a different category then as well as it yeah, is now. Yeah. Which is surprising that it didn't get a nomination. What was nominated yeah, for? I'm going to look Elfman, it up. Like, he's, he's definitely a worthy person to give the award to. Um, there any other... Oh, have you seen the- uh, Danny Elfman's... Might have been his Avenged film debut. music video? No, yes. Have you seen Unforgotten Realm? or I think that's what it's called or unforgotten zone. It's this weird movie that his brother made that he did the score of. And it's the first movie he did a score of. Um, and I, I'd be uh, cautious to recommend it because it has some really, uh, poorly aged comedic material that is <laughs> like straight up racist. Uh, okay, sure. But it's a very interesting movie. Like in how bizarre it is. All right. That sounds like a recommendation to me. Unforgotten. You heard it here first, fans. Let me see if I can find what it is. Or is Unforgotten Zone or something? I don't know. I've never heard I'm of it. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. It was not nominated at all for Best Original Score. Uh, a movie called Frida won. The other nominees were oh, Catch, the Frida me, movie. Catch Me If You Can, Far From Heaven, The Hours, and Road to Perdition. Catch Me If You Can, Spectacular. Yeah, it's a good score. Road to Perdition. Hmm. Guess I'll have to give that one a spin. Um, any other uh, beats that we have to cover in this movie? Have we covered? It was called before? Forbidden Zone. Forbidden Zone. You look up a clip of it. There's a part where he sings. Um, uh, there's like a. It's like an old Tin Pan Alley type song. But just look up so Forbidden Zone on YouTube, and you can find clips of it, and it's it's. I don't know. And you're you're recommending the music from it specifically. Well, yeah, because Danny Elfman sings a song in it that's pretty good, um, but he also just okay. does the whole score, and it's really weird. And the like, it's it's a uh, it's almost like Alice in Wonderland or something, like where they yeah. go into this forbidden zone, as the movie is called. Spoilers. <laughs> um, but like the acting is very strange. The characters are really weird. It's like very. Um, uh, like almost like outsider art or something. Like it's it's not like any movie you've seen. Okay, I can't compare it to well, anything. 
I have seen Thor The Dark World. So It's not like that. <laughs> uh, do, any other pieces to this movie that anyone wants to speak up about that we haven't covered? I think, oh, I think I'm pretty I, good. Yeah. Did you uh, it, read the story about the costumes getting stolen? No. Mm-mm. So the costumes uh, for Spider-Man and Green Goblin were stolen after the movie, and they offered up a $75,000 award for whoever found it. After the movie came out? I don't know. Probably just after filming. Um, but, uh, basically they found, I don't know if someone came forward with information or whatever, but somebody like a security guard and an accomplice were arrested and the costumes were recovered. Huh? Okay. Also, somebody died in production. Yes. I saw that. I I, I did see that. Yes. Yep. Somebody, uh, uh, a piece of the, like a crane that was like supposed to be part of the set, like crashed into a basket that this dude was in or something like that. I don't remember all the details. That would be so traumatic, like to have to return to work. Like yeah. After well, and also imagine set. being like a member of his family and having Spider-Man be this huge cultural moment that yeah. literally makes more money than anything else in a weekend. And like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, and they yeah. didn't. They didn't mention him in the credits. They didn't like dedicated to whoever, right? No, not no. that I saw. And, but it did. Uh, there was a lawsuit, and the family was awarded a, a lot of money, um, and it brought forth a like more revised safety act in filmmaking. Um, so because of that, there were other laws that made it safer on set in the future. They should have asked for half the box office. <laughs> they should have. <laughs> they they oh, would have made I, more. I money. have these numbers, by the way. Uh, so Spider Man had a budget of a hundred and thirty nine million dollars. Uh, okay. Opening weekend, it grossed a hundred fourteen point eight. At the time, it was the first movie to gross over a hundred million in the box office on opening weekend. Um, and then gross across the USA, it grossed four hundred and three point seven, and worldwide, it grossed eight hundred. 121.7 not bad numbers even today i mean like yeah that's not you know top marvel at but the like time, a bad marvel movie still makes about that yeah at the time yeah. i believe and i read these numbers yesterday i didn't write them down i believe it was the seventh highest grossing film at the time uh, or, I, I, or am i butchering it, that number it was might, it 16 no, it, i don't know why those two numbers are in my head um it it was definitely like the biggest box office weekend ever and it might still be actually um pull it up here on the back computer <laughs> no way that's still the biggest yeah like no opening way weekend no. yeah not a chance it might maybe opening night or something i yeah I you don't think in game in game or or star wars like yeah. you know Star Wars 7. Yeah. Star Wars was insane. I don't know anybody that didn't see that opening weekend. Yeah. Rest uh, in peace. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun ride while it lasted. Um, where is just Spider-Man? Uh, All right, we're getting close to an hour 45. We got to end this. Second. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to look for this movie just on, I guess. All right, so Spider-Man, oh, is off the top 50 list. Like, it, it's not in the highest grossing movie list of all times. Also, fun fact, there are only four movies, the bottom four of the top 50 list, that are below a billion dollars total box office. Hmm. We are we are reaching that point. Damn. How, I wonder what percentage of those movies have come out since Spider-Man. 
Uh, it is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. We don't need the it's whole big. list. <laughs> just, I want all this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> no, sorry. I thought you meant the last four that were under a billion. Oh, sure, sure. Here. Uh, Despicable Me 2. Uh, John Favreau, Live Action Lion King. And Minions. No, Minions and, is in the top ten, isn't it? Yeah, Minions is crazy high is it for really? some reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that movie yeah. was giant, which is crazy. I haven't seen... I saw the first Despicable Me, I think. I haven't seen anything else... With minions, uh, two is pretty good. I didn't watch minions though; it didn't look that great. It's it not kind of dumb. Like, like, see, that's a, that's just, what we were talking earlier about. How like we did we the movies we watch. We watch movies in a different way than a lot of people watch. <laughs> minions is yeah. like the prime example of that. Like, yeah, I can't imagine going to see minions, and the people going to see minions don't want to go see what I'm watching. Right. So I'm glad I live in a world where we can both see what we want. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker has made its way to number thirty-two on the list. Mm. Not ideal. That's Joker's that's the power of marketing. Now. And like Joker's having... thirty-one. Joker is above it. That's pretty wild. A rated R movie wow. did better than a than a PG thirteen Star Joker's Wars. And the I'm surprised it's even in the top forty. I like near top yeah. thirty grossing 31. films of all time. That is pretty wild. That is it's still blowing my mind right now. <laughs> that movie was it's, not it, I, one. It wasn't that great. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't that good. And it also wasn't that um, fun to watch. To it appealed to the masses yeah. a lot. And yeah, I, I'm just shocked that a rated R movie made it that high on the list. I, it, as far as I know, as far as I can see, that seems like the only rated R movie on is, this list. How much did Daredevil gross? Because to me, that movie deserved more money than Joker. Even Daredevil? The no, movie? thinking of Daredevil. Deadpool. Okay, Deadpool. okay, there we go. <laughs> That's more I, didn't, I liked Joker better than Deadpool, but I think Deadpool was a movie that I'd see making more money. Like, if you had to, like, ask, pick me, quiz me on which one you thought made more money, I would definitely say Deadpool. Deadpool didn't even break the top 50. I, why I thought know. it made a billion dollars. I thought it was it was the first R movie to make a billion dollars, and that was part of the big stink around uh, it. No, I don't think it ever made a billion dollars. I think it made like eight fifty. Mm. Realistic. So Spider Man uh, money. Yeah, Spider Man. <laughs> that garbage. Yeah. I wouldn't take that. No, Deadpool fuck. made seven hundred and eighty three point one. That was the highest grossing R rated movie at the time. Okay. Until That's, the Joker. That was the record that it broke. Until the Joker. Everyone loves it. That's Yeah, Joker, I think, is the only R-rated movie on this list, huh. which is pretty wild. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much, Kyle, for coming on. Uh, this was a lot of fun. We'd love to have you back a when we talk about uh, some more uh, Marvel-related films. For sure. Hopefully you're as excited about uh, Black Widow and Falcon Winter Soldier and absolutely Marvel properties as we are. Oh yes. Um, and uh, Jordan, I look forward to doing the next two and then the, the next five thousand of these podcasts <laughs> that we do together. But specifically, right now, I'm thinking of the next two because I can't wait to see your. We'll have to on. increase the pace if we want to hit five thousand, <laughs> like before we die. <laughs> oh, we got time. I'm not gonna. I mean, I think realistically speaking we're both going to live to be five thousand. Oh, well in that case it's it's a cake we can like one <laughs> a year yeah it's nothing we're going too <laughs> fast if anything yeah all right well we should we should slow it down i've been jordan peoples and marvel has sucked i have been Cade weiberg and as always no it doesn't it's all right <laughs>